Hey everybody, it's Lucas, and this is Thanks for Playing, the podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. Got Hot Mickey today on this uh, beautiful Saturday here to get you through your weekend. What's going on, Hot Mickey? What's up, everyone? Nothing much. I'm trying to... Well, except for being busy, trying to fill the void now that I've finished Tears of the Kingdom. Like, what do I do with my free time now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know the feeling, man. I know the feeling. What have you been uh, doing all with your additional 15 hours a day now that you're not playing Tears of the Kingdom? Uh, Well, this past weekend, like, I was just, like, crammed with work. So, like, I didn't really have any free time. I put, like, a game of League or two, but that's pretty much it. Just, like, to take a break from <laughs> all the work i was doing yeah i gotta i gotta well actually i want to talk about it at the top of the call here um we got our we got our stories to run through we got a lot of really great headlines for the audience today but uh we gotta talk about that 24 run game with the angels you want to you want to oh, i know you have a statement prepared you, would you like to prepare and uh, go through your statement here i'm more upset <laughs> because we like blew everything in that one game it, it was a historical is a historic night for the Angels, like most runs in franchise history. Wow! And it was like incredible. It was like twenty to it was twenty to zero, like in the third, like third fourth inning. It was fucking ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> but we still lost the series to the fucking Rockies, one of the worst yeah, teams uh, in the MLB. <laughs> we dropped two games out of three. This oh is like God. such a classic. It's like you scored a franchise record run, like franchise record runs against not a great team. Like it would have been sick if you dropped like 24 runs on like, I don't know, the Astros or something. And Otani <laughs> even hit a home run. Like what the hell? <laughs> Get the streak well, going. God. Nonetheless, very fun. Really, really cool to see indeed. Uh, I was busy that night, so I didn't get a chance to turn on the game, but check the score and I was pretty blown away. Of course, I saw it all over social media, so that was that was really fun to see. But uh, let's jump in here real quick. Um, I know you got you got a good headline here. Uh, which one do you want to go one, for? Uh, <laughs> let's go with no the one that's closest to you because you've been grinding Street Fighter a ton this past weekend. Been. We uh, there is the one of the first big Street Fighter tournaments, CEO, which is like known as a known fighting game tournament for like all the big titles, Guilty Gear. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, whatever. Usually, if it's a big fighter title, it's going to be there. And now, uh, the, we had about over a thousand players enter. And the en person who ended up winning this tournament was Mena RD, who was a Luke player who had like a side of a Blanca, who he used to like crush oh, man. Uh, like the top eight. <laughs> And people were like shocked, like Blanca is this good? What the hell? And Blanca he was just is very good. He's like destroying people, and people were like, "Oh no, we're gonna see this on ladder now, aren't we?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I haven't been online since this happened, but I have a feeling if I got online, there would be a bunch of silver Blancas that suck because that's usually what happens when yep, somebody sees like that. It happens every time. <laughs> any fighting game or like any like big tournament for like any big game you'll see the ranked cues just being spammed with that character and like, and like League, he, League won, he didn't win oh go ahead League of Legends had something similar because uh in pro play uh I think it, it happened in Europe first uh they the one of the mid laners picked LeBlanc but didn't build an AP item first item they build an attack oh, speed item this already sounds so stupid. 
called <laughs> static shift because it just wave it wave clears the entire time and it scales with AP. So you build static shift first, and then you build your AP components. So it's just like a single auto pushing attack all day and put uh, like instant pushes, giving wave clear to champions that shouldn't have that good of wave clear, and it just does a ton of damage just from a single auto attack to the whole team. It's like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. And then right after that got broadcasted everyone's been spamming static ship on every single champion possible. <laughs> so, that's so it's funny. It's so, so stupid. stupid. No, it's, it's so like annoying. The, next next day, like you're in silver or gold with like a attack speed LeBlanc and it's just complete trash. And people yeah, like don't, a lot of people don't get like the larger game plan when yeah, it comes they, to they like, don't get stuff. why it's good. And so the, yeah. people just building it mindlessly on every single possible champion. Like I saw Ziggs try to build it first and I fucking destroyed him in lane. I'm like, what are you doing? Stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> I love that. It's it's curious here too with uh, the CEO tournament. I, know, I saw you put some stats here. There were six juries. Yes. So jury seems the, to be the most popular character at the top level. I, I'm pretty, okay. I know jury is good, but there's also a jury meme right now. I know that you've seen it. I don't, actually, I don't know if you've seen it a lot. I, I don't know if I've seen it. So Jury is like uh, kind of her aesthetic is kind of like emo girl, like yes. kind of goth girl uh, yeah, kind of oriented. And then she is really like she kicks a lot and her feet like her super her feet are like in your face and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like there's literally clubs on Street Fighter like six online. One of them is just called like Jury Feet Fan Club and it's huge. So like <laughs> the Street Fighter community has just really like gone so into the Jury Feet stuff. And I'm just like in the battle hub and i just see like a banner because there's like a banner in the battle hub for clubs you can join and it just says jury feet fan club and i'm like jesus christ oh so every God. time i see a jury i'm just i just think it's a degenerate moment for me but she's a good character at the same time honestly she's got like good range she has like a little bit of projectile stuff going on um she has really good anti-air options as well so she's she's pretty solid um i really really gotta check out this blanca now it was uh i know Mina like RD. i actually haven't seen any of the tournament like i was just following the results on twitter and then i just saw people freaking out about blanca i was like oh yeah. this is interesting yeah blanca has some really crazy stuff so um it is interesting i like don't know like, honestly where i'm at in ranked i don't see a lot of blancas and also i think just early on in a street fighter well, game coming yet. out yeah <laughs> yes now there's gonna be a lot i mean i think for the most common like i you do see a lot of camis and luke's and a lot of ken's i'm surprised there wasn't any real ken representation there but i think ken is kind of a low level like entry point yeah. like character for a lot of street fighter games so i think easy to pick up and kind of learn but at the high level may not be may not be ready but um cool to see the cami up there uh kimberly that makes sense to me i'm sad it looks like there's only one jamie which is my main yeah. but i definitely gotta check out that jamie been seeing a lot of cool jamies on tiktok so I'm sure there's good stuff out there um speaking of street fighter actually since uh we're since we're on the topic uh silver three Silver three. Oh, let's go. Yeah. We're we're ranking so up. Climbing we're ranking up. up. Yeah. And uh I actually got to play Street Fighter for the first time, like in person. Uh Ricky was around in LA over the weekend, so we got to play a little bit. And uh please tell me you whipped I, on him. Nah, I'm I'm actually pretty sad I didn't. Damn pretty, I was it. getting pretty salty. Okay, okay. <laughs> Big asterisk. It was like we were playing until like three thirty in the morning. Uh it's pretty pretty drunk for a good portion of that. My reaction time was slower. <laughs> Uh, we were trading back and forth. And then by the end of the night, he was really getting the best of me. And he ended up kind of having a good win streak on me until we had to call it a night. But, uh, 
Ricky's pretty good. I, I hate to say it. I hate to go on record and record I, I also, say I also it, hate to say bad. it too. Yeah, he's not I, bad. I, I, if there's anyone I hate losing to most, it's Ricky. I cannot yeah. stand losing to him. Shout out Ricky. Um, Fuck Ricky. All right. I'll, uh, I'll jump into now uh, one of mine. So I, this is actually an interesting one, Mickey. I was on gamesindustry.biz, which is a really great news website for gaming mm-hmm. industry news. And they had an opinion piece up by uh, Rob Fahey. Hope I'm pronouncing that one correct. This was just published a few days ago. Uh, Nintendo Direct introduces Switch's Sunset Slate. Uh, this opinion piece is basically going on to say that with this most recent Nintendo Direct, we're sort of seeing the very last like cycle of high quality Nintendo games to be pushed out on the Switch platform. And that pretty soon we will be getting a hardware refresh. Uh, this comes from a few different things. Um, you know, obviously the cycle of the Switch has been a long time, was seven years since the Switch yeah, first a, a, came about out. About that. And I've actually I've like heard like not even from this article, like a couple other tweets I saw up in my feed uh like earlier at the beginning of the weekend. Uh, and and late last week uh, about this exact topic about we're about to see a new console from Nintendo. And like I saw like a big argument between like, oh, no, like Switch is doing super well. Like it's right. the best selling console. Like, why would they release a new console at this point? And it's like, well, no, the Switch is actually performing like pretty much like to the same time length as the Wii did at when the Wii was the big dog of the all the systems and it, when it was the best-selling system out there. Right. So like the switch is having this almost identical lifespan as the Wii is. So if we follow trends, this seems like the time for a new console from Nintendo to come out. Yeah. Seven, I mean, seven years, that's a standard. I mean, the console generations used to be five to six years. They've gotten yeah. extended a little bit. Um, you know, Nintendo obviously kind of marches to their own drum. They're not always kind of playing the same game that everybody else is. And honestly, with Tears of the Kingdom, like the new Pikmin that's coming out, obviously Super Mario RPG, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, like this lineup mm-hmm. of games that's going to cap off 2023 is phenomenal from Nintendo. It's great. I'm very yeah, excited. Th- this it's is really like good. Big it, year for Nintendo. Yeah. But like there's certain things like, you know, in the Nintendo Direct, there actually wasn't any indication for Metroid Prime 4, which a lot of people have been wondering about. Right. Mm-hmm. And actually a lot of Nintendo's key software development teams, we have not heard a lot from, you know, for those of you that don't know. Nintendo has a number of different game development teams. They're literally like numbered, like Nintendo Development Team 1, Nintendo Development Team 2. All of them release games. Yeah. And then they have like the third party, like Retro Studios, which is an American-based like developer that is basically a third party, first party. Like they exclusively develop for Nintendo, but they're not at like in Japan developing. They're like in Texas and stuff. Anyway, um. A lot of those key teams, we actually have not heard a lot of news from on what they've been developing. Because if you think about it, we got Pikmin. That's like one team. Super Mario Bros. Wonder. That's another team. Uh, We haven't heard anything about Metroid Prime 4, which would be another team. Uh, Obviously, the Tears of the Kingdom team finished up. And that might have been finished up for the last, you know, six months to a year, depending on their timelines for development. But there are some key Nintendo development teams that haven't had anything big in in a little bit here. And naturally speaking, you know, we, you know, I mean, naturally we would see some sort of change with a console because it has been, you know, your standard seven year kind of life cycle for a console. And I really think they, I mean, they pushed the switch to the absolute limits with Tears of the Kingdom. And even it had, we talked about it, uh, some performance frame rate yeah, issues throughout a lot of it. There, it's just very it, was, clear. it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot, but like it was definitely noticeable in like a few scenarios. 
Yeah, the Switch is showing its age, in other words. Like, the development of some of the games have really caught up. I'm curious to see where Pikmin 4 lands in terms of frame rate. I'm sure it's going to be really great. But if you're seeing any of those kind of cracks or you're just seeing any sort of frame rate optimization issues with some of these late-stage kind of Switch cycle games, uh, I think it's a very clear indication that some things are being developed now for the newest hardware. My question to you, Mickey, where does Nintendo go? Like, is there a Switch 2.0? Is it, like going to be are they going to do the thing where they like the Wii to Wii U thing where they just get too confident in the name and they just like switch gears too much or are we just going to see a simple switch to I, I I'm actually not sure my inclination is that we see more of a switch to kind of thing just like a big a better switch because at at the forefront like Nintendo is family focused company they are all they're always about getting as much getting the family involved as possible being as family friendly as possible and also being inclusive to have it so like a lot of people can enjoy their games like they they don't they don't like segregating the audiences so they they need to be as open entry as possible with their system so they're not going to go like super extravagant with like their specs or whatever to like get like the highest end software or i doubt they'll improve the net code on any game <laughs> in, in the, you don't think like, they're gonna the, improve the smash net code the splatoon net code mickey just and just yeah just any they're <laughs> god their online is so bad but for any game but uh because that's not what they care about they care about the in-person experience uh for all of their players so i expect another affordable console that's just like slightly better than the switch and i'm not sure if they're gonna hang on to the portability that, oh, that's man. the thing i'm i'm flipping back and yeah forth on, is if i actually they're gonna yeah. keep it portable i i agree i mean i think they would they really should the thing is with the portability stuff there are these new players entering the space that are kind of doing their thing right like the asus like rig that came out or ROG or whatever it's called, Steam yeah. Deck, which I have. Now, the Switch will, I, I think that they probably will stick with the portability model. And I just don't know, like from a branding perspective, if they're just going to call it Switch 2, which they've never done in the company's history, except if you count the 3DS or something like that. Um, they're, they may call it like a Switch something uh, like, to, like Game Boy Advance, Game Boy Advance SP kind of thing, where it's still essentially the same console. Um, a lot of the same kind of basically the same like hardware, but better. Uh, and then you develop for it. You have all these great games that are coming out for it. But I don't know. I mean, it, they'd be kind of crazy to not stick with the portability stuff. But uh, Nintendo does weird things where they like kind of flip flop between generations. And like, I mean, they dropped the Wii and then they dropped the Wii U and the Wii U was a disaster. So yeah. I like to always give them the credit that they deserve for the success of the Switch and the Wii. But histor history has proven that there is usually some sort of flop console after a really great console. So, yeah, I sort of now like leaning more towards they to go back to like a regular console and take go away from the portability and like still use the switch as their like DS and still like release games that are more like portable friendly. Ooh, I like for that. the switch. 
I like that. So you keep the Switch as you almost sunset the DS, and that now becomes it, your portable gaming option. Exactly. Uh, and then you have a new console that is basically a, supposed to be a home console oriented with more power. Yeah. Um, and more couch co-op oriented. And okay. I wouldn't be shocked if like it would have integrations with the Switch too to like link the two together. Whoa, hang on, Mickey. I like this. <laughs> I like what you're saying here. This is cool. Okay, so hang on. We have a home a new Nintendo home console coming out in 2024 or 2025. And you can play Mario Kart on it on your TV, but then you also have a guy on the chair in the other room playing Mario Kart connecting to the new Nintendo console. So you're mm -hmm. all playing on the same machine at the same time and it's interacting with the Switch. Love it. Nintendo, you can cut us a check later on. <laughs> Even cool. though it's probably most, this console is already mostly done. <laughs> it, it, would be, it would be so, it, it would just be a real, real disaster if they tried to abandon the Switch ecosystem or yeah. like- No, I completely agree. Like, they have there's the install base for the switch is so large like a lot of some households have two switches some households have three switches you know like it, the install base is just so large they're so affordable like at this point you can get a used switch for less than 200 bucks like they'd be so foolish to just go like yep we're moving on to a better like a, a like Remove it. I, I just don't think it would be nintendo style to just move on to a better switch that you can you can't play any of the other games on yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, anyway, we can move on. Uh, you got one. All right, let's go. Uh, some massive news. This isn't even gaming related. Uh, more like world news. Uh, we <laughs> you know have, they got the coup? Like, fuck, yeah, the fucking coup. <laughs> that's the potential coup that tried to, like, almost happened over the weekend in Russia where I'm not even going to try to pronounce this name. Yevgeny... Okay, I am trying to pronounce it. Yevgeny <laughs> Prigzhin. I don't know. I, I, I can't speak Russian names. But uh, he led uh, he led the Wagner Mercenary Group and declared war on the Russian Ministry of Defense. And th this had Putin shaken in his boots. He fled <laughs> Moscow to St. Oh, Petersburg. that happened? Oh, that did that. happen. He, fl he did flee. Uh, flee Moscow and like he he was on a video right before he left and he it like showed him like super scared and like the most <laughs> horrible we've ever seen Putin in public facing in a public facing appearance Jeez. wow so the the mercenary group got as close as 125 miles from Moscow which is for, for like for people in the states it's like about as it's a little closer than Philadelphia is to Washington DC so that's about as close to the to Moscow as they got. And that's when a deal was made. And which from an article I read, I forgot to link it in here, but this deal was pretty much to made to save this guy's life. Like oh. he would have died if this deal wasn't made. And he ended up getting ex uh exiled over to Belarus. Wow. So 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 coup attempt happened. They marched close. Putin runs. Deal was struck. Every nobody died, but some guy got exiled. Yes, but all charges were dropped. And and, and like he was, he, uh, that guy was a criminal beforehand. Oh, uh, okay, and okay. Th it was those charges they were referring to that Dang. were dropped. I, I, honestly, I wasn't like following the story super closely. I saw the headline that there was like a coup happening, and I was like, no. Yeah, way. Matt, Matt was crazy. the one who brought it up in the Discord. I was like, yeah. what? 
excuse me? And I had yeah. to like look it up. I was like, oh shit, this is really happening. <laughs> wow. Well, glad there wasn't any crazy unnecessary bloodshed going on there. Um, mm-hmm. But the, like, you th- know, this is this is really important because now, uh, like Russian forces, like they could definitely like view Putin as like a little. He, Putin probably like lost a bit of reputation with his own forces over this debacle that happened. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Just showing like how much vulnerability he was showing to the well, world. Well, he always, ha- he just has that thing too, where he's just super into the like hyper masculine, you know, riding a horse yeah. with his shirt yeah, 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 off yeah. thing. So this kind of uh, makes him, makes him go down several pegs. It, it, so it, it, it definitely does. Um, you know, obviously I think, I speak for everybody at the TFP family when we stand with Ukraine and we hope that the bloodshed stops and we hope that this conflict with Ukraine, the war, unjust war is over very soon. But interesting story. Nonetheless, Um, Mm -hmm. there's probably a lot more people could read about it online, too. So very interesting. Um, All right. I got one for you, Mickey. All right. This is is a little bit of a a small one. Kind of weird. Headline kind of confused me a little bit. But reportedly, Google is testing a feature to play games on YouTube. Okay, uh, Google is reporting uh, playtesting a new YouTube feature called Playables, which would let users play games actually on the YouTube platform. Um, public the publication uh, GamesIndustry.biz saw a screenshot showing Stack Bounce, a brick breaker style arcade game, as one of the titles currently testing internally. Uh, a Google spokesperson said, "Gaming has long been a focus at YouTube. <laughs> We're always experimenting with new features, but have nothing to announce right now." This is following uh, a Stadia, Google Stadia shutdown, which happened in late 2022. Um, honestly, Google Google's kind of funny because I tr- I truly liked Stadia. Like I thought that they're a little early to market with game streaming, like playing yeah, through I rem- game I remember streaming. how big you were on that I, as it's true. going through the news cycle. Dude, dude like literally i i'll say it again like i did not have a machine that was able to run cyberpunk 2077 when it came out so i just subscribed to stadia for like whatever it was like 20 bucks a month and i just played cyberpunk on my pc with a wired ethernet connection and like i the latency was not the best right but for 20 bucks, I got Cyberpunk and I played it and it was working and running better than any device I had at the time. And I could have played it on my phone, on my iPad, on virtually any device that had Google Chrome. So I think I think there was such a powerful opportunity with Stadia. It's just weird that like Google gaming stuff has been relegated to potentially putting playable games on YouTube. Uh, I just... Very, very strange where Google is going and Google's no like stranger to kind of developing some weird app thing and then shutting it down like a couple years later. So whatever YouTube playables is, we'll hear about it, go, huh, neat, and then probably not hear about it anymore after that. Yeah, I am not sure if I I, I don't see why I don't see why this is being made. How uh, how's uh, YouTube doing in terms of like streamers and gaming streamers and things like that? Uh, they are they're doing okay. I I think they're the second biggest platform right now. Well, really? No, maybe drop down to third. It's hard to tell. I'm not like following it too close to the race because like Kick has been slowly I've been ramping hearing a up. lot about Kick. Yeah, yeah, a lot of controversy happening with that because Kick is owned the gambling? by a, the gambling a gambling company called Stake, and people are like, "Oh, like pretty much like 
saying stuff like, oh, I'm not going to like risk my morals going to K when I don't approve of gambling, blah, blah, blah. When they currently wow. work for Twitch, who is owned by Amazon, who's not really much better. Than, <laughs> it's it's a whole oh wow bunch of drama that's been going up on Twitter over uh, what streaming platform for people to choose on. Then there's just YouTube sitting in the corner like, hey, my... The, our live feed is still super trash. It's hard to find anyone that's live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I did. I did recently see like a screenshot of finally an improved UI of their live streaming space. Oh, because cool. right now it's completely garbage. Like searchability, just like this, also just br- browsing new channels is like almost impossible on YouTube right now. Dang, dang. Well. Hopefully they find a, a good space. I, I really think there was an opportunity for like Stadia game, like streaming on YouTube live and stuff. Like there was such an opportunity to like integrate a lot of things. Uh, and they just totally like dropped the ball with with all this stuff. And I'm curious yeah. to see how kick goes now. Cause I've been seeing kick in the headlines I quite a in, bit lately. Yeah. Because like one of the biggest reasons people are moving to kick is because they tout a 95 five split. Right, for creators. Right. So like That's creators get crazy. almost all of the money. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, I, I'm seeing kick a lot in I think the big headline recently was that sort of gam- like they're hardwired. The headline I saw was kick is hardwired for gambling streams. Yes. Uh and I'm curious to see how it goes from here. That sounds like to a lot of people a very negative headline, but um you know, gambling streams like they have an audience. There's like a they lot have a massive of viewerships. I know that there was massive gambling streamers that were doing a, like really, really big numbers as well. There was that controversy you brought up several months ago with Twitch and gambling streams and stuff. Yeah. So, yo, you know, if Kick just becomes like the gambling stream platform, it's still going to be huge. You know. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I, I'm really curious to see how it's going to unfold and. Because there's been also a lot of wild stuff that's happened on Kick in uh, terms to like what content people show. Like people have showed like nudity, sex. Oh, it's like inappropriate porn. content. And, like a really? big inappropriate content when like Kick was saying like you can like one of their big things they're saying on release is like you can stream anything. And so, like, people have been testing the that waters is such, on that. That is such <laughs> a bad thing to say. It's just like, it's man, really what a can bad. of worms. <laughs> it's a big oh. can of worms they opened up. And I'm not really sure how they have addressed it. Because, like I said, I haven't been following it too much. It's just, like, when these big headlines show up, I was like, oh, wow, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Dang. All right. Shall we move on to uh, Soul Fighter? Yeah. So... Riot has announced one of their biggest events they've done in a long time because usually their events usually applies to one of their games. But this new Soul Fighter event is one, I think, just a new game. It's not a big game, but it is like a little game where you follow Samira uh, in like a combat. Uh, like it's like 10 rounds of combat. You take on 10 different characters progressing through the story. Uh, but this Soul Fires event is being applied to every single game they have. Dude, League, crazy. Wild Rift, Teamfight Tactics, Legends of Runeterra, all their games, all their mainline games, not like the Riot Forge stuff, which is like third-party games made using their IPs. Uh, so they have like, and they even have a new game mode for League of Legends, which is a 2v2v2v2 arena game, uh, which 
uh, the description that they released for it is four teams of two players each fight one another in rotating combat rounds. After each round of combat, they will power up with unique augments until only one team is left standing. Combat takes so place cool. on four different battlefields, which vary in size, terrain density, and theme. Champions from the Soul Fighter universe will make occasional cameo appearances in matches. Sometimes they'll help, sometimes not so much. So essentially, they're stage hazards. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's pretty much what they are. And this whole fighter event is being released on July 20th. So, like, I'm super looking forward. I've been really looking forward to this uh, four-way four -way battle, team battle, uh, for, like, since it was first announced, like, a few months ago. When This is, like, the most information we've had for it since that announcement was made. All we knew is that this mode was in uh, development before. And... I think it's a really cool way to bring in new pe uh, new players to League because you don't really have to learn as much. You don't really have to learn like the macro of uh, Summoner's Rift because that's there's so much to go for, like so much you have to learn and so much you have to like you know, it's like just play with your team correctly and to how to counter certain champions blah blah, blah. now you just yeah. only worry about the champions which is still a lot it's like around like 160 champions uh that are released right now but you only have to worry about the champions now and each champion only has four abilities so and they're usually meta ones so those ones that you almost never see so you'll probably learn closer to like i don't know uh, oh you also don't have to go through what 20 different champions 10 through band phases 10 through picks mm, yeah <laughs> now you only have to worry about i think like it's probably like eight plus whatever bands they allow right right this is uh yeah this is interesting you know like i i've gone on record saying this i'll say it again i do think that riot is the new blizzard of 2020 like are of the 2020s like yeah, as no, much I as agree. blizzard dominated for like 15 years between like 2004 to like basically now i think riot is on its way to really take the crown as like your premier like southern california based <laughs> like i i think they already did yeah no I, I mean i personally i think that they have i mean there's a lot of you know world of warcraft fanboys that probably would fight me on that but i mean especially with like the riot forge stuff uh and then you know, a fighting game coming out in the next yeah, year and a half out. to two oh, years, you know, no, like... Okay, I, it's not all their mainline games. I, f I forgot Valorant because Valorant, right, isn't, right. Valorant isn't placed it's not in Runeterra. Runeterra, so, right. That's why Valorant's not included in that. Yeah, and this is this is really cool. I mean, just the article is great. Like, this is such a cool event to, like, have across their entire Runeterra universe, you know, especially, like, just they've had such a great couple of years with, like, Arcane and... You know, new games coming out. There was like that new Silas game that's coming out with like that IP. That is really cool. An uh, Echo project game just came out. Oh, dude! Like Project L is like the speculation that's coming out um, at twenty late twenty twenty four or early twenty twenty five. So like they're gonna have a kick ass just like two D fighter that's gonna be incredible. And yeah, dude, this is this is just great news all around. I love seeing this kind of stuff from Riot. Probably end up playing some of this stuff too. Yeah, Are we I'm, going two v two, Mickey? Excited. Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, cool. Let me let me read uh, down. Unfortunately, uh, I think they did announce that you can only make lobbies with two people. Uh, so you can't really do like in houses with like a group of friends yet, or mm, dang. like queue with more than two people on like a regular ladder. Okay. Okay. Well, either way, this will be fun. Yeah. Um. All right. I got one more for you, which I think is uh 
pretty interesting. Maybe two more here. Um, the Xbox versus FTC hearing uh, is, you know, still happening. Yeah, still going still on. Going. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is a really interesting one. Again, this came from uh, James Bachelor, editor-in-chief at uh, gamesindustry.biz. Uh, there's a lot of things that we have learned from the Microsoft versus X FTC hearing. One of the funniest things that has come up recently was Microsoft had to admit sort of on record that they lost the console wars. Um, I don't know if you saw this one, Mickey. I feel like it made the rounds on Twitter a little bit. But Microsoft basically stated that they are in third place in the console, roar, war, console wars and its rival, quote, its rivals are positioned to continue to dominate. Uh, they argued in a filing earlier uh, last or last week, it reveals that Xbox had 16% share of the console sales in 2021 and 21% of all console install base. So Xbox is kind of trying to make the case that they're meek and they're small and this acquisition would help them in the marketplace. And it's they're, it actually wouldn't be like sort of a, we're so big and here we are getting bigger sort of scenario, they would actually be saying, hey, we're small, we need to make a move like this, like acquiring Activision Blizzard sort of thing. Um, and, you know, there's so much stuff going back and forth, you know, and there's actually a lot of differing uh, voices in the space that are saying that uh, the, the big thing is where what will happen with Call of Duty if Xbox actually is able to buy outright Activision Blizzard, right? Mm -hmm. uh, would it create too much of a monopoly on the largest game the largest, highest-selling game franchise on the market right now, uh, maybe. And then, you know, what Xbox says is, hey, we would not uh, put it exclusively on Xbox for at least 10 years. That's been something that's been touted quite a bit. And uh, I actually do have an interesting one here. Um, the F So this is coming from Totilo reported on the FTC's claims that the 10-year deal between Microsoft and companies such as NVIDIA and Nintendo promising Xbox Activision games for their platforms are, quote, filled with loopholes and speculative commitments. So there is sort of this idea that's being touted around that, hey, this 10-year sort of handshake deal is not really making that much sense right now. They still have the ability to kind of pull out and change things around a little bit and potentially just release get out of that deal and just put Call of Duty on their own consoles and Game Pass and PC or whatever. Uh, and then the other thing was PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan shared in court and reported on by IGN showed the exec uh, was he was unconcerned by the proposed acquisition initially. Wrote two days after the deal was announced, he said that it was, quote, not an Xbox exclusivity play at all. And Microsoft was, quote, thinking bigger than that. He also added that he was, quote, pretty sure he will continue to see COD on PlayStation for many years to come, and the company will be okay, more than okay. So you have the PlayStation CEO actually not giving that much of a shit about the acquisition and saying that he's confident that COD will stay on the PlayStation platforms as well. So it's so interesting to me. These are like such major, major deals financially, and we're seeing like sort of all these different voices in the space saying different things about the deal. It comes down, it hinges a lot on one singular game franchise that we've played for many years, which is Call of Duty. And honestly, it's, we'll just see how this one goes. It's really interesting to see how it's all playing out. As a reminder, it is a $68.7 billion transaction. 
Yeah, fucking crazy. <laughs> massive, massive, but massive. One thing I do want to point out with this is that, like, you're saying that the Sony CEO, like, isn't worrying too much about it. PlayStation but, CEO. Oh, PlayStation. Oh, well, Jim Sony. Ryan. No, oh, same person because Sony CEO Jim Ryan, yes, uh, <laughs> has been quoted saying that Sony may no longer prov- uh, share information about future consoles with Activision if this deal goes through and fear that it may leak to Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is that that is interesting to, to hear, actually, too. One thing that we we forget is, you know, we like to think that these companies are completely siloed completely like not talking to each other, developing in their own ivory towers, whatever hardware, whatever deals. The truth is that there is actually a lot of communication happening between these places, right? Like the PlayStation CEO, Jim Ryan, he isn't not talking to like heads at Activision, Blizzard, like Xbox, Steam, like these these people don't not talk to each other. They communicate regularly and try to make plays on each other, see where certain things have value, see where certain deals might go. So that is interesting because they're basically saying we will withhold certain information because then we can't sort of trust Activision Blizzard with certain pieces of our hardware, you know, things. So interesting play there. Interesting to see how that'll go out. Um, Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Do you think Xbox admitting that it lost the console war? Like, do you think that's a valid argument to say, like, we're small, we are big? I think it's so funny that, like, they... The, they say stuff like that because what they're trying to convince people to let this deal go through but then like they'll contradict themselves saying like oh like we're like uh this will have no issue like on the console was console war because we, we know we're so small but they know like how much power they have with having the call of duty uh, yeah. <laughs> franchise under their belt and like blizzard <laughs> and like yeah, Diablo, Blizzard, Blizzard is, like, yes. <laughs> like all these other games that are massive, like just imagine if Diablo you, like was just exclusively on Xbox. Like I, I know people are saying like, oh, imagine Starcraft 3 now comes because Microsoft would actually care about uh, Starcraft, the franchise, because Blizzard <laughs> now has thrown that franchise into the dirt. They don't really care about it anymore. <laughs> but I definitely would not get my hopes up for that. I'm yeah. <laughs> very pessimistic about that. So interesting to see how it'll all shake out. We will continue to update the audience as we hear more about it. Uh, Last thing from me, Mickey, a little bit of an interesting one here. So as you know, the Magic the Gathering Lord of the Rings set has officially dropped. Uh, You can go out and buy yourself some product. The big thing about this set is that there is a unique serialized card, one of one, and it is called the One Ring. There, they've printed a bunch of this card, but there is a singular version that has special art on it. It's actually written in the language that is on the ring, uh, and it literally says one of one on it. Uh, there is currently a bounty on the one ring, and it has reached about over two million USD. Um, a card shop in Spain has actually put the bounty on it online. Uh, and you know it's kind of slowly been creeping up here and there. Some people were offering 250 
as the set was coming out, then it went up to a million. Now, currently, it's at two million. It has not yet been found. It's not been found yet. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. It's so until crazy. It gets found. Yeah, it's so, so interesting. Cool. It's like I don't know. It's so like I know that it's like a gimmick to sell a lot of packs. <laughs> like, but it's, but it's like it's kind of working. And like, I mean, I'm probably just going to buy a pack or two to try and like. I, I, I sort do of want to try too. <laughs> just, I like. I look. Yeah, packs, I don't even played the game. The let me look it up right now. The magic uh Lord of the Rings, they're only coming in a very specific kind of booster, which are called collector boosters. Okay. Collector boosters are specific Magic the Gathering products where they're like regular boosters, but they're collector's edition boosters. So they come with like special cards that only would come in that collector's booster. Uh I'll tell you right now. A booster box, a collector's booster box. Okay. Which is 12 boosters. You want to know how much it is on TCG Player right now? 12 collector booster packs. 12, okay. Each with 15 I, cards. 15 cards in a booster pack for the collector booster. Guess how much it is for 12? I, I have to, because from my experience in Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, the, they, they usually have about 20 to 24 packs in a box and those mm. sell from around like 100 through 140 somewhere around that pr price range so i am going to guess for how many you said 12 or 6 boosters? 12 collector 12, boosters 12 collector boosters i'm gonna go with 250 482 dollars oh my fucking <laughs> god i was so, only halfway yeah, there yeah yeah dude so fuck just a. and then there's like other products for magic like um kind of bundles like collector bundles that also come with a, a collector booster or two they don't come with the full 12 like a booster collector booster box does mm -hmm. uh and those are just sold out like you can't even get a hold of those and even tcg player it looks like they only have four of these available right now so they're selling like crazy. The price has gone uh gone that's up like so 40, so that's like forty dollars so a pack. Forty dollars a pack, yeah. God, lovely, yeah. Just for a chance to potentially have the one ring in it. So pretty nuts. I mean, I'm I'm like I can't say I'm surprised because I know how much Magic the Gathering products normally cost, but mm -hmm. this is I'm like. My eyes kind of widen a little bit when I see what the price is at right now. And we've just sort of been watching oh, yeah, the price yeah. and I, seeing where it's at. I said I was interested in buying packs, so now I'm not anymore. After yeah. hearing that, well, like, that, yeah. that killed me wanting to buy some. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll not see, worth it. We'll see where the One Ring lands. This is literally like, you know, Willy Wonka, golden ticket type stuff. Uh, and I think that- At least those chocolate bars are cheap. <laughs> dude okay here's the thing though in willy wonka they did there was a scene where somebody's auctioning off like a box oh, of yeah. willy wonka and it does go up in price so like this is probably what's going to end up happening here and i don't know if we'll see we may see like auctions you know because there was like i remember in willy wonka there's a scene where it's like this is the last box in england or wherever they were and it was like guaranteed to have a golden ticket in it because it's like the only one left <laughs> uh -huh. so we'll see if this happens for the one ring and also like th this when this is opened whoever finds the ring like the best case scenario is like it's a kid he's like doesn't really understand what he opened and like he figures it out and it's like a life-changing thing and it's like a big deal or like, you know, there's the worst case is just like there's some sort of like 
scheme where people are just buying these things up and just like some corporation is going to end up opening it and like getting the bounty, you know, yeah. and like making money back on how much they spent. Who knows though? Um, I think when it is opened up, it probably will be like a mainline news story. Like I see oh, CNN yeah, reporting on this guy. It'll be a, it'll be a huge deal. I could definitely um, when see it does get it opened up and deal. anywhere in the world too. We'll see where it's opened. And like the cool thing about the card is it's not even in English. It's like in another language. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's in a fantasy the, language. I, I forget what the language is. Yeah, I, I, I should know because I, I did like after I watched uh, the Rings of Power, I just went on a big uh, YouTube Lord of the Rings uh, mini documentaries like explaining like the lore behind Lord of the Rings. I've watched yeah. so many of those and I should remember what the language was put on it, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's also real quick just to end this one there is also like a funny like meme right now of people like trying to find the one ring as the card in order to cast it into a volcano like to fit the lore for lord of the rings yeah so i would also love to see that happen that but would I doubt be anyone would give, if anyone gave up 2.1 million dollars for the meme it probably would make them a complete that, legend. That, <laughs> but it would make I, them a legend. Yeah. That would I be incredible. The, if I got the ring, I would do a GoFundMe for the going market price of the ring. And once the GoFundMe hit that hit that price point, I would then cast it into an active volcano. That would be the move. <laughs> so try to profit off of it. So you gotta I mean, dude, like to it's just like the meme or two point one million. I, I who can say no to that? But anyway, that's where we're at with that. Um, I think that's all the news that we had for the folks yeah. out there today. I think that's good. If you want to reach Thanks for Playing, you can email us at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. Feel free to follow us on any of our social media accounts. That's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, at TFP Podcast. That's TFP Podcast with an S at the end. Uh, Hot Mickey, where can the folks find you online? You can find me on Twitter at teals underscore bcb or you can find me in the tfb discord where i am why well, i usually break news whenever i see whatever i see on my twitter feed huge huge news break who huge breaking news in the discord all the time feel free to find the discord you can find it on our website thanks for playing live where you could also find a lot of our written articles including our most recent episode on the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom so thank you everybody for listening and have a wonderful saturday Scooby Bop! Thanks for playing as a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Samuel Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle. 